Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And tonight, oh, oh, the humanity. That's what we're going to be talking about. It's a podcast out of Salem. Uh, a woman named Faye DeMeyer does the, is the host. And a couple of, maybe a week ago, week and a half ago, she had me on her show. And I thought, you know what? You're talking about some pretty interesting things. Some of it might be a little bit edgy for some of you folks. But you know what? Take a chill pill. Just relax. Um, we're just offering ideas and things out there, which is what we used to be able to do. Um, and we're still going to do as long as we can get past the the censorship gods. Um, so we're going to have that coming up. Our sponsors tonight, Rosa Realty. We're going to talk to Derek, a, a real short little clip he's got on here <clears throat> about you guys heard how the feds raised the rate 75, you know, 0.75 points. And then all of a sudden the rates went down. Oh, what the hell's that all about? <laughs> I don't get it. So I called up and I said, Derek, I want less than 60 seconds on that. So he gave me a minute eight. So we're going to talk about that. Plus they're doing a giveaway um, which we can't put in writing on Facebook or Instagram because they don't like that. They'll kick you off, but they're going to do it uh, in the show um, for four M's tickets. So you'll find out more about that. Bill London is here tonight with your news and uh, it'll make you roll your eyes, of course. And Chris Daniel family Street also responds because he believes everyone matters. Everyone's voice matters. He is anti-censorship and pro people being able to speak their mind. And he sponsors our show. So let's get right into it. We'll bring Faye on. That's my new open. I love it. I love it. I, it's electric. I, yeah, it just kind of gets you going. Faye, so first tell people kind of your background. You're a, you're a licensed counselor, right? I'm actually not licensed with the state. I'm actually, I would consider myself a pastoral counselor, a uh, coach. Okay. And um, I can tell the truth still because I'm not licensed with the state, uh, which is <laughs> why I, I don't do talk therapy. I do do therapy. And so I work on present future and not present past. So okay. I find that people spend a lot of time in talk therapy and then they come to me and then their life changes. And the reason it changes is because I believe that they have in them what they need. They just need it revealed. And my job is to get them to walk forward and to get them off of my schedule, frankly, uh, to get them effective and productive. So you like to work people out of you work yourself out of a I job. Do. I do. do. Absolutely. There's enough people, trust me, that are messed up that I don't need. <laughs> After so after COVID, did you see like a lot uh, more crazy? I mean, I don't mean that in the uh, derogatory sense at all. Yeah, um, but reality is, people struggled with anxiety, and Christians, um, people who have you know strong claim of Christ, were struggling with anxiety. And I'm like, but Jesus, right? I mean, how you know it was really got a little. It really got a little alarming, frankly, to hear how many pastors had not prepared their people for such a time as this. You know, we live so, in the most hopeful world and, you know, knowing Jesus. Well, can you tell me, so in terms of your podcast, Oh, the Humanity, what is it about? So what I do is um, I try to bring liberals and conservatives in the same space and talk about difficult things. Uh, example would be LBGTIA+. And kind of how that is. Uh, I had that on about two or three weeks ago. Uh, the most recent one is um, this idea of talking to somebody about the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, platform that our culture has 
um, deemed we must have, right? Um, and so that was really intense because the questions are these. Diversity is us being together. It's just uh, the way the person described it, he was just basically talking about biases that people have. Like, um, you know, you're, I don't know, I'm 68, right? That's a bias that I have. I'm a mom, I'm a female, blah, blah, blah. They're biases. That's the level of diversity is the more biases that you have in the audience, right? And so right. he was talking about biases, but not calling it that, calling it diversity. And, and what my claim is this, don't leave your biases at the door. Be authentic wherever you're at. So see, the, it's hard to do that now because you get discounted. I mean, I've noticed this, you know, as a white male, I've noticed yep. this as what, what's the most shocking to me is as an older person. Uh -huh. Now that I'm 63, uh -huh. I get people, younger people discounting me and going, oh, shut up, boomer. That's yeah, what yeah. you're boomer. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. If I can't, if you have to be inclusive, I have to be inclusive of, you know, millennials yeah. and people do knock millennials and stuff. But I think in other group, people groups, black people, you know, right. age, lesbian, right, right. We, we have to be open to this conversation, yeah. into the conversation. And yet and, I find that the biases come up and you go, wait a minute, that's the same thing. It's the same thing. So if a person, like if I come into a setting and I'm going to be talking to somebody and I know they have completely different views, the first thing I'm thinking about is, do I have to give up my core values to be in that same space with them? And the answer is no, unequivocally, no. I do not have to give up those core values, neither do you. If we objectively disagree on something, we just share that disagreement. People who listen to us then make decisions of their own based on what we just spoke about. But to say to somebody, you can't believe that, that's censorship. That is a lie to say you're inclusive. So when you have this group, your, your audiences, you have people from both sides of an issue. Does, it, right. get, does it get heated? Well, I'll give you an example on the pro-life, pro-choice thing. Okay. okay. Uh, I said to my colleague who's a, a Shemekita teacher as well. I said, so Larissa, tell me how you got there. How, you know, I just want to hear how you got there to be pro-choice. Okay. And the idea is seeking understanding rather than to be understood. Right. And she tells me, you know, uh, you know, basically she gave the argument that everyone does that it really is. If a baby's inconvenient, you should be able to not have it. And so that's where it goes logically. It took her a long time to get there. It took her 10 minutes, to be honest, in that segment. So then the next segment, I'm telling my audience how I got to where I'm at. And what I said is, if it is inconvenient, if it is a problem for people to have a baby, wouldn't it be better than killing a baby to actually not have sex, which actually causes babies? That's my number one point. So how but how do we get to that point, Faye, where we can have these conversations without being, because um, what you see as a counselor is people are, you know, and, and I do it too sometimes. I'll jump on somebody over an issue because everything is so raw right now that you yeah. feel like I just had a woman come on and she's, you know, I'm, I'm recommending Betsy Johnson, for, you know, for governor. Right. People are asking, so I'm throwing this out there. And she says, so you leave, you failed, you didn't even win when you ran for office. And maybe you should look at what you did wrong and blah, blah, blah. And, and you just get to these levels where you're going, you actually went there, yeah. you know? And, and so we, we cut off people's feet and not even let them in the same room. Um, yeah. 
because even stuff that you and I are talking about, there will be people that will scream at me and, and you know what I mean? It's, and it's just, Absolutely. Is, is that a, a mental condition? Is that something that. Well, no, I think it's not taking the logic that they're using to the, um, the, the long conclusion. So in the pro-life argument, the logic is if that child's inconvenient, I have a right to get rid of it. And I said, great, I'm going to use your same logic. I've got a 48 year old son right now who's totally inconvenient. Should I be able to off him? <laughs> well, it was radio silence, which, by the way, is significant in the radio world, as you know, right? And right. so she said, of course not. And I said, of course not as well. Then help me understand to work that logic back through that a fetus who can and he can defend himself. My 48 year old son can defend himself. The fetus cannot. So and where did that where did that conversation end? How did this? The, the, uh, uh, it was no, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, we agreed that we both disagreed on the topic and we both parted friends. She came back and she had the discussion then on LBGT and she'll be back on some other issues coming up. But it also caused another man to come on my show who also works at Chemeketa, who does the di diversity equity and inclusion. I always call it the DEQ. It's the wrong organization to try to stop speech, right? So I call it the DEQ as a joke. So it gets in my head that way. Um, but diversity, equity, and inclusion is just a renaming what most of us do if we really do allow the other person to speak and have their own opinion. It's just like, we're starting over, Rick. Is that, do you, do, do you think do you do you ever think that what what happened was the the byproduct is good that has it has it caused us to have to reevaluate our own how strongly we feel about things about anything having uh, having a strong set of core values rick makes the conversation easier to sit with an opposing view i literally don't think that there's an individual unless they start hitting me physically hitting me that I could sit in a room with that I would end up not friends with at the end because I'm not there to convince them of my view. I'm there to hear their view and ask for them to hold their view while they hear from me. And at the end of the day, people make decisions. We all know truth resonates, doesn't it? Truth resonates. I mean, I, it's, it's it's gotten, I feel like it's gotten fuzzy. Truth. Like because now people have their their personal truth, which I find really interesting. It's like, well, that's just basically your bias, <laughs> you know. Exactly. You know, my, my personal truth is this. Well, what? So there, but because there, there has to be, to me, and there has to be some kind of a line to draw. Like a plumb line. A plumb yeah, line. Yeah. When you're building anything to make a, if you're building a house, if the foundation is out of plumb, there's not a line. That house is not going to last. That's and I right. feel like that's what's happening is maybe we're being called out and saying, you're, you're, you got a bunch of plumb lines that are way off base. Right. Well, and the humanity part that we were talking about before, that to me is the plumb line. The plumb line is if I say I'm a Christian, I love Jesus. If I say I love Jesus and I hate somebody and I don't allow them to be in my presence without that hatefulness, I'm a liar. And so my plumb line is Jesus. But see, but you saying that, Right now, now you disqualify a bunch of people have disqualified you because of that. Isn't that sad? It, it, it is because I think we do that with everything. It's not just the Jesus thing. You know, I study through a Hebraic. Um, uh -huh. My faith is through Hebraic means, and I get people. Then they oh, oh, 
Oh, you're one of those, yeah. Or, you know, we do it to people because they were a former news anchor or because they're on the radio or because... Right, right. They're so, a teacher. They're in education, yeah. So isn't it interesting that in a world of inclusion and, and, you know, and all these words that we use, we don't really back them up with action. That's we right. Do, we do the opposite. So we but say, I, it's kind of like tolerance, which yeah. I word but people say because if i tolerate you faye that's the that's the shittiest thing i mean i I automatically don't like you right right it means i i'm tolerating you and so tolerance has become this beautiful word but i find some of the most people that that push tolerance are the most intolerant people wacky so so here's how i do it in my classrooms okay people always want to know well you're a christian well are you voicing christianity no i'm voicing logic because my God is amazing. Here's the deal. Somebody says to me, there's no such things as absolute truth. And I go, okay. And so I'll pick something up. I'm picking up my flip-flop right now and I'll hold something up and I'll, I'll say, what happens if I let this go? And they'll say, it falls. And I go, are you sure? And they'll say, yeah, how do you know? I'll say, well, gravity. I, are, are you absolutely sure? What if I don't want it to fall? Right. Are you with, are you following the logic? And they're like, no, no, it will fall. It will fall. You know, they're, they're telling me in class. I go, if that's absolute truth about physics, how do you not know that there is emotional absolutes, spiritual absolutes, social absolutes? Rick, if I punch you in the jaw, we're in present together. I punch you in the jaw. There is absolutely going to be a course of action that will happen in my life. Those are right. called absolutes. Am I wrong? The same right. thing is true. And that's a social absolute, correct? It becomes right. a legal absolute and so on. That Then a logical person would say, oh, there must also be spiritual absolutes too. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And emotional because, well, emotional are harder because you can punch me. And then is that going to make me dislike you? Because then I have some say on how I respond to that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the microaggressions is an example. So some people say, if I look at you a certain way, I've just created a microaggression. Or if I didn't answer your question, or if I didn't um, acknowledge you or whatever, I've automatically created a microaggression. I can only control me, Rick. I can't control you. And what the world is trying to get us to do is to try to control other people, which leaves our own self-control out of the mix. And that's why we have so many people in the streets tearing it up. Right. Okay. Hold no. that thought. I got to go to some of our, our advertisers. So hang on just a second. Um, you guys, you all know, you've heard that the feds raised the rate three quarters of a percent, but yet the, the mortgage rates came down. So I called Derek Roser of Roser Real Estate Group. And I said, can you give me a short answer on that? And here it is. I've been a little bit curious lately as to why when the fed raises their rate, mortgage rates are affected uh, and sometimes inversely, which seems counterintuitive. So I talked to a couple friends of mine at Cross Country Mortgage and Homebridge. Uh, they gave me a little insight into that. So when the Fed raises their rate, um, that's to counteract inflation, which is what we need right now. Um, also, that affects mortgage-backed securities, which then in turn affects mortgage rates. So really, they're kind of bouncing all over the place. Uh, the media's got it blown out of proportion. Obviously, they like to sensationalize things a bit. What I'd like to say right now, though, is, is now's a great time for, for buyers to check with their lender, see what their mortgage rate might be uh, as things are changing, and 
if you have any questions or if you're looking to sell your house, now's a great time too because there's going to be more buyers out there with better interest rates. So give me a holler, uh, reach out, and let me know if I can help hook you up with a lender. Hello, I'm Matt Compton with uh, Compton Family Wines, uh, Philomath, Oregon. We're at our state vineyard. Uh, right now we're working on the Pinot Blanc. Uh, we're in the middle of summer pruning right now, so the grapevines are growing. Uh, we had a, the spring was very wet, a lot of moisture in the ground, so the vines are going to be very vegetative this year. So we're conquering all that vegetation, vegetative growth that they want to have this year to focus on the fruit, which is down here. So we had fruit. Uh, we had bloom uh, in early July, and which is rather late for us. That's about two weeks later than normal. And then, but right now you can see we have good fruit set. Then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of leaf pulling too. But we'll pull leaves and open up the fruit zone. And it's not so much that we're trying to get sunlight on it, but we're trying to keep it the good airflow going. And if you go on their page and find, go to uh, Rick. Just put. Compton wines and then put slash Rick. Uh, you'll save 15 bucks off your first two bottles of wine or more. And uh, they're located in Philomath. Go up and taste it. They're the nicest people and they have the coolest farm because they do everything regeneratively. That's the hardest word for me to say. Um, where the animals go into the, into the fields in the wintertime, their poop fertilizes the berries naturally, uh, the grapes, and they also help prune. So they're using pigs or using goats and sheep. Um, and then they do that in their gardens and stuff as well, which I, I find fascinating because we're all kind of, don't you think this is Faye DeMeyer. She's a counselor and a radio talk show host. Oh, the humanity is her show. And it airs on Friday at noon. On Friday at noon. And you can get on a pod, your podcast um, on just by going to the website, right? That's right. Just go to the website, go to podcast oh the humanity and you'll see the last shows and the shows that i've been talking about are on there and how people are treated and they're treated with respect rick about um in the year 2000 uh, a study was done a longitudinal study of people 18 to 24 and from the year 1960 to 19 to 2000 the study was actually put out in 2006. People's what is called locus of control went from internal to external by 70%. Now, what that means is, is we're all oriented as individuals, as a person who believes that they're in charge of their own life. They, their outcomes are their own. Their uh, bummer is the punishment, you know, that they deserve for what they didn't do. But Externals believe that luck, fate, chance, and powerful others control them. Whichever one you believe, you're right. Our parents said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Well, when your external locus of control and your culture begins so high as it is right now, people begin to be victims and they start looking through eyes that are victim eyes. They can't see anything but victimization. So when you approach them with a new topic or a new idea, they're like, that's foreign. That's crazy. And they just can't handle it because it's happening to them. They don't have the idea, the internal processing of going, oh, I see where that would affect me.
I see where my behavior would affect me. So it's easy to throw away a baby because it's like it happened to me. The 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 pregnancy happened to me. So, so now the mom's the victim. So in terms of other issues, how does that impact? Because how does that ever change? Well, you can actually train someone to be an internally controlled person from the first about 12, 13 Isn't years. Isn't like with COVID, like with the, the response, how some people really just followed what the government was saying and said, you guys, we just have to buckle down and get through this. And other people were like going, you know, this yeah. is something's not right here. And, right. and and so I think that just brought this, this clash that it has is. not gone away. Absolutely. I mean, at least in Oregon. I mean, I live in Montana and you, you hear nothing about any of it. Yeah. Oh, no. And, and I see it's like and it's like, oh, my God, it's still going on. Rick, I would walk into a store and people say, do you need a mask? And I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't. And I just didn't wear a mask. And the reason is I didn't need one. I was not sick. The people who are sick should stay home. I mean, frankly, if you're sick, stay home, you idiot. I mean, come on. <laughs> it just right. I'm just saying well, it just the way I it do is. That. I used to hate that pre-COVID. Uh -huh. um, when you go to somebody's house, they said, oh, now Bill's been kind of having some flu symptoms. And you go, you're like, well, call me. Not, thank you for telling me before I walked into your flu infected home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you put people in a nobody wants to get Nobody wants to get sick. But yeah. in terms of in terms of psychology and uh -huh. how we act, can you can someone can train themselves, but but if they don't want to, if they don't see that as a problem. Right. And then and does the world play on that with victimization? Because it feels oh, like the media, the media is awesome. It's playing right now as um, America is the victim of a mean China right now because uh, Pelosi's over in Taiwan and China's, you know, temp, you know, the, uh, Russia, you know, the victim, they're trying to be the victim. They attacked uh, Ukraine. Ukraine's trying to play the victim. And Ukraine, as we know, there's some underpending there that they might not be our best friends. And we're sending them huge weapons that likely could be used against us later. And, you know, we did that with Russia. We did that with Iran and Iraq. So, yeah, there's a lot of it in the media. The media loves to foster this. There was a victim and there's a bad guy out there that they love that. They eat it up, Rick. So what do we do if somebody comes to you and they have this issue going on? What um, what do you say? Like, because to me, I'm I'm just torn. I won't, I need to keep talking about this because yeah. I think people need to hear um, that it's not everything that, and, and I get bashed bashed for it. I mean, just bashed. Yeah. And 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 then, but the other side of me, I kind of I did a blog that's going to air tomorrow, and it's it's about um, basically like. Um, Maybe the way to fight evil, the evil inclination of humans, uh -huh. is with good. Is with good, and so maybe instead of focusing, we still have to. And people will criticize me for saying this because they, well, you're the one who brings it up all the time. Well, there's a balance, and I'll find it. But you know what? I'm not going to stop talking about the evil and the bad things going on. That's but maybe right. the way to counterbalance that is to start saying, "Hey, you know what happened to me the other day? I went to this restaurant." And this lady was so, but she was so busy. She was the only person in there and it was packed and she did not let on the whole time that something was wrong. Yeah. And I, so at the end of the, of our meal, I just said to her, I said, you know, you're amazing. And she mm -hmm. looked at me and I said, you, you just kept your cool and you just made it like an experience. She goes, you didn't come here to see me suffer. You came here to have a nice meal. 
And thank you for recognizing that. But maybe telling those little stories are the things that bring hope back to our soul because I think we're drained. People are just, we're, we're done. We're just drained with politics and Biden and lying and people making up. You can't change the meaning of words. And yet no. it, it is but so natural for people to go, no, that's what the media told me. And if you do your research, it's like, no, you can't change the meaning of words. What I want to do, though, is challenge people with the goodness of God, not the fear of God or whatever, but the goodness. I mean, when somebody reviles against you and you don't revile against them, that's the goodness of God. When somebody tells you that you're wrong and you say, maybe I could be wrong. You know, I wonder how long you're going to practice. I'll often say, I wonder how long you're going to practice thinking that you can control a volcano, a tornado, a hurricane, raindrops, sunshine, right. How long are you going to practice that? How long are you going to practice playing God? I just wonder. And then I just walk off because it's not my outcome. My outcome is set. And so is yours, Rick. We know who we are because we know whose we are. We know what our purpose is. It's to honor God. When we honor the people in our life, no matter how warped at the moment they appear to us, we're honoring God. So we're really challenged by the goodness of God. Right. I find sometimes the arrogance of human beings, all of us, but the, to think we can control some of this is, amazing, is amazing to me. It's like going, it really, I mean, you know, I, I kind of have the side of me that thinks God's up there looking down and going, oh, for goodness sakes, what is like, like you can control the next hurricane that I'm, okay. that I'm working on. And, and besides, I have a purpose for that hurricane. Yeah. Or yeah. even the man or woman next to you, how they feel about you. Frankly, Rick, what somebody thinks about me is none of my business. Right. I, I've, I've used that saying before. It's like there's nothing I can do about making people like me or not like me. I spent too much time on the news trying to do that. Yeah. And it's exhausting. And yeah, so yeah. that's when people go, well, you're so different. It's because I don't have any chains on me anymore. That's right. So you're your, your expectation of who I'm supposed to be doesn't matter anymore. Right. And it so doesn't you mean you don't matter. It means that, you're, that but, but your opinion of me yes. doesn't matter. And so you ask, free. how do you get people to, to um, realize it themselves? You basically hold, in, in counseling, good counseling, holds up a mirror that allows people to see clearly, right? This is what you're doing right now, and this is an option. And I'll, I'll take a, an example of one irrational thought. One irrational thought is things must be perfect all the time. If they're not, it'll be awful. Yeah. Okay. That's irrational. We right. all know that if you have a bell curve, you have about 14.8% of things that will rock like this, this fun that we like doing our podcast, right? right. And about 14.8% of stuff, this is just natural math will suck. I mean, people will die. COVID will come in, you know, business will so shut, you know, people will leave you, whatever. But almost 70% of everything is a choice on how you look at it. So somebody's frustrated. What if they're not frustrated, Rick? What if this is their opportunity to learn patience and they just don't have it yet? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's beautiful. Now yeah. you're getting an opportunity as a counselor to give them that new perspective. 
And so that's what you're doing with this radio show is bringing, but you're pretty gutsy because you're having both, bringing out both sides of that. Um, And I think- I I don't know if anybody has tried it much because a lot of the conservatives won't speak to liberals and the liberals won't speak to conservatives. But what I did is I started elevating people in their strengths, no matter if they were liberal or conservative in our city. And I've been on radio since 2013. So they know me and they know I don't rip shreds out of them, but I do tell the truth. And so people have said, it's okay, go on our show. She's not going to shred you. And I think that's part of it. I'll tell the truth. I won't, I won't back off from the truth, but I'm not going to shred the person. The truth is another matter. The truth is the truth. Okay. Hold that thought for a second. I got another ad to go. Um, I have a lot of respect for the police department. Um, I, uh, I think there's this negative uh, vibe towards police. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good Americans that actually back our blue and they, uh, they're not buying into what the media is portraying as the police being bad. And they're just good people. And, I, and quite honestly, I have a lot of policemen and I always have uh, our patients in line. And they're just good, good people. And so I, I, I fully support our police department, our veterans. Right. I think they have the, one of the toughest jobs. And, uh, and uh, it's who we call when we have an issue. And it's funny how we're ready to turn on them. So I, I really am a supportive of the police department. What is good, everybody? It is Logan with Rosa Real Estate Group here. I am at PK Park where I have the best offer for you. I have four free Emeralds tickets to any game you want to go to for the rest of the 2022 season. All you got to do is comment on our Instagram post. You got to tag two of your friends and you definitely have to be following us. So get on that now. Go watch some free baseball. Heck yeah. How fun. I love baseball. How about you, Rick? Yeah, it's fun. And now Springfield, Oregon has a team now too, the Drifters, and they're kind of moving up. So if somebody came to you and said, I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm feeling like everything, the world's just going to, to hell in a handbasket and I'm overwhelmed with this. What, what do you, do you say to them? I would probably ask a few questions about how they got there, you know, and what specifically they thought the world meant to them. I'd want to know a little bit about that. And then once I discerned that it was something that um, maybe was external that they can't control, I would actually bring them back around to discover what they can control. And I take them through an exercise. I call it a control matrix. And um, maybe one of these times I could get a whiteboard and actually show it to your audience. It'd be so fun. And I take them through a control matrix. And and I basically um, utilize my clients as experts on things they do know and only teach them things they don't. Does that make sense? Because sometimes when you elevate what people know, um, good things happen. And so um, then once they realize what they can control, then I ask them, what have you been focusing on? And they realize they've been focusing on the things they can't control. And they're like, I've been wasting time, energy, you know, reserve. And then once that happens, then I take them through the locus of control piece, which is talking about an orientation that I shared with you earlier. And then I show them the outcomes the 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 theoretical premise was a guy named Julian Rotter in 1954. He wrote this landmark paper right on this. And I, I talked to them about it and what the outcomes are if people are higher and internal. Now, if you're in a, a prison camp, 
you better not be internal. You probably get killed, right? But if you're a free person in a free nation, you need to be internal. And the sheeple, the sheeple who were willing to mask, very external, very external. And so you got to see about 80 million people unmasked. They wouldn't mask, they wouldn't back or anything. These are people who have high internal locus of control. It doesn't matter if you're looking at uh, watching them work or not, they're going to work. It doesn't matter if you're watching them, if they come to a stop sign, they're going to stop. 3 a.m., it doesn't matter. These people are going to follow the rules. They're going to follow the law. Okay, that's who they are because they're highly internally controlled. They believe in not only practicing uh, goodness and, and a system, but they actually believe that they are responsible for their own behavior. When you believe that, you do it. So we've lost self-monitoring in our culture. We've lost self-control. I mean, look at the out-of-control city. Portland has been destroyed. No one wants to go there anymore. Portland right. was a, a gem in the, the world of cities at one time. And so we, and, and that's something you have to want to build back and you can't, I, I think it felt, feels like we, and fear became the, um, it's, it's a wonderful motivator at times, Yeah, but I think it it's was, very, it's very destructive because what we worshiped Rick, we were yeah. all ask people, Hey, do you meditate? And they'll go, no. And I go, Oh, do you worry? And they're like, yeah, I go, then you meditate. Huh? That's right? a good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, Rick's going. I learned, I learned that. Like, it came to me, like, it was one of those things God gave me years ago. Yeah. Like, it says right there yeah. in the Bible that worrying is a sin. And so, how many people who follow right. God We're and don't follow God, you hear him say, it's it's like cultural speak. I am so worried about Jan. And which you want to then say, okay, so what can you do to help Jan rather than worry about Jan? Yeah. What does Jan need physically and mentally and spiritually that you could give her rather than worry? I think worrying is like kind of a bullshit. I do too. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's like, sorry, you know, people say they're sorry. No, do, do, are you really, if you're, are you sorry or are you repenting? Because it's two different things. And I think people, you, oh, sorry. Yeah. What you, you called me. Uh, you know, like the lady today, you know, that you call me something online and uh -huh. then you say sorry and that takes it away. Is that, yeah. or are you really that you will not do that again? Right, right. And, so, and that you actually have, like you said, some sorrow in you for how you conducted yourself. Right. You know, some, I mean, the thing, when I've ever done something wrong and I know it's wrong and I have a sense of, uh, uh, appropriate guilt because I crossed a core value that is true sorrow but yeah. sometimes I'm just embarrassed and it's right. not sorrow I'm just embarrassed if I'm honest right 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 so um Faye thank you for tell them again how they find your radio show when so, it is okay um uh, 1430 KYKN um it is every Friday at noon um, Rick actually um, will be on soon. I'm pretty excited about that. And um, I also will have Patriot Barbie on. You probably know her, Lindsey Graham. Uh -huh. And um, I'm going to eventually, real soon, have Todd Starnes on, which is awesome. That's really, cool. I'm looking forward to being on his show and on Patriot Barbie's show, too, pretty soon. I'm doing a six-week travel. Um, I'm going to be talking to all the people who left and Oregon that is because of politics and kind of do a little documentary on that. I'm looking forward to that. 
Um, I recently um, interviewed a guy named James, uh, Jerry Thompson. You probably remember him from Eugene. Yeah. He's the one who did Translated, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had him on your show. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I know I've talked to him before. Yeah, he's great. And he's getting ready to do Bright Eyes, which is about a Native American girl who was the first female ever of any nationality to stand before Congress and um, advocate on behalf of her people. And she met with uh, Rutherford B. Hayes and she met with the Congress and she was the one who made it possible for Standing Bear to get out of prison. So it's just some really cool stuff. I'm, it, it's going to be great. So uh, 1430 KYKN uh, every Friday at noon and you can go on for KYKN.com go to podcast, Oh, the humanity, and you'll see our podcast. And I've been doing this since January with the liberals and conservatives. That's awesome. And I'm well, still hey, alive. <laughs> we'll keep up the good work and you thank you for that. coming on and, and helping out my audience tonight. We appreciate it. And um, I will thank see. You and, you, and, and Faye will let me know when, um, when ours is going to be on there and you're, you guys are going to yes. hear a little side of Rick Dancer you don't hear very often. And yeah. some of you don't like it and that's just too bad. And I will, but I'll put it out there so people can see it. Okay. Okay. All that's right. Thank you. Thanks, right. Rick. Thanks, see Sam. You later. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Well, guess who's back? Bill London. He was off last week. Um, he was feeling a little bad, so he was gone. But he's back, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and ready to challenge you with not the news you hear on the legacy media, even though he is on the legacy media. But this is the news because he does his research. This is Bill London. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, co-host of The Wake Up Call, 6 AM to 9 on KPNW. And this is all brought to you by Dr. Michael Bratland of Chris Dental. Uh, I got like Oompa Loompa hair going on here. Doesn't it look like the, the, Oompa, the Gene Wilder Oompa Loompa thing that's going on here? Anyway, all right, here's a look at some of the stories we're following. While evacuation orders are still in effect for Wasco County as the Miller Road fire doubled in size overnight Tuesday, according to the Northwest Interagency Coordination Center, that fire has now grown to over 2,000 acres. It is still 0% contained. Tuesday, Governor Brown invoked the Emergency Conflagration Act, mobilizing fire crews to help battle that fire. Highway 216 remains closed due to that wildfire. Lawyers tasked with investigating complaints about alleged harassment and other workplace problems in the Oregon legislature seemingly lost a March 2021 misconduct complaint when the woman who filed it checked in eight months later. Turns out the records, which lawyers for the state released, support the allegation by former acting legislative equity officer Nate Munson that the legislative equity office was devoid of records and otherwise in disarray when he was hired in the spring of 2021. Munson stepped down, even though legislators said he was going to be fired, and 
Two months later, he listed the problems in a detailed memo. He has since sued the state, and he's claiming whistleblower status. Oregon's Democratic gubernatorial candidate, Tina Kotek, publicly called on unaffiliated candidate Betsy Johnson last week to condemn the presence of Confederate flags at her campaign rallies. Now, the challenge spawned from a Johnson campaign event in St. Helens, where an Oregon public broadcasting journalist said that they saw someone in the crowd wearing a Confederate flag t-shirt. Johnson says, quote, this is ridiculous. An OPB reporter seeing one guy in a t-shirt at a rally doesn't say anything about everybody else who was there. Johnson said that when Kotek put out the press release about the Confederate flag t-shirt, it hurt the relationship between rural and urban Oregon. Johnson said, quote, she's suggesting that because someone at one of my rallies with a Confederate flag, that rural Oregonians are racist and that you have to be a racist to support my campaign. She said, that is anything but the truth. This exacerbates the divide. I condemn racism, discrimination, and bigotry in any form, and somehow to imply that racists are attending my event just drives home the point that urban Oregon, aka Kotek, doesn't understand rural Oregon. Well, Democrats are scrambling to downplay a nonpartisan assessment of their so-called anti-inflation bill, showing that it's going to lead to nearly every American paying much higher taxes. Democrats maintain that the Inflation Reduction Act would fulfill President Biden's promise not to tax Americans who earn less than $400,000 a year and instead tax large corporations. Well, Turns out now, an analysis from the Joint Committee on Taxation says that most Americans will pay higher taxes under the legislation. Quote, a family making less than $400,000 will not pay one penny in additional taxes under the Inflation Act, according to Senate Finance Chairman Ron Wyden, Oregon. Well, the T study concludes actually the opposite. It says that in 2023, taxpayers making less than $10,000 a year would see their tax rates increase to 7.6% from 7.3%, while those making less than $200,000 would pay a total of $16 billion in additional taxes. Only one of the four statewide ballot measures Oregonians will be voting on in November comes at a financial cost to local governments, and that is the measure that would ban the sale of high-capacity ammunition magazines, require a firearm safety course, tighten licensing, and create much stricter background checks on weapons purchases. A committee involving the Secretary of State's office and legislative analysts determined it would cost the state over $23 million and would cost local governments up to $31 million the very first year. Well, Georgia taxpayers can now list embryos as dependents on their tax returns. In a news release, Georgia's Department of Revenue said it would begin recognizing any unborn child with a detectable human heartbeat as eligible for an individual income tax dependent exemption. The announcement follows the Supreme Court's ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade, establishing abortion nearly 50 years ago. A lower federal appellate court 
had also decided on July 20th to let the Georgia law banning most abortions in the state take effect. Officials added that taxpayers filing returns from July 20th onward can claim a deduction of up to $3,000 for any fetus whose heartbeat could be detected that, quote, may occur as early as six weeks gestation um, before most women generally even know they're pregnant. Taxpayers must be ready, however, to provide relevant, uh, relevant medical records or supporting documentation if requested by the Revenue Department. And of course, advocates were up in arms with dismay. Anthony Michael Price, Georgia State University law professor and progressive political science, tweeted that pregnancies detected within six weeks of gestation result in natural miscarriages, which could leave Georgia's treasury handing out cash for pregnancies that would never come to term. And finally, my favorite story. An airline passenger arrived at an Australian airport with undeclared food, and officials there weren't, shall we say, loving it. A detector dog sniffed out the breach in biosecurity last week after a passenger traveling snuck a hearty McDonald's meal on a flight to Darwin Airport in Australia. The airport's new biosecurity detector dog, Zinta, discovered two egg and sausage McMuffins and a ham croissant in the passenger's backpack. The passenger was slapped with a 12-unit infringement amounting to $2,664 for, quote, failure to declare potential high biosecurity risk items and issuing a misleading travel declaration form. Well, from this point forward, my favorite drive-through item is going to be the egg and sausage McBiosecurity risk. <laughs> Finally, truth in advertising. Okay, well, that's a wrap for me. We'll see you next week. And now it's time for Rick to roll out the reel. All right, Bill. Love you. Thank you for all that. And uh, we're going to go back and make a couple of comments here. Uh, Tina Kotek and OPB, shame on you. You see one guy with a flag, a Confederate flag on his hat or something, and you, you try to turn that into uh, an issue for Betsy Johnson. That is what's wrong with politics. That's what people are turning on the media for and on politicians like you. And you're going you're gonna to end up screwing yourself. That is so bad. That's, that's so misleading. Remember we were talking earlier about the truth and how it can set you free and how lies trap you? Well, there you go. And speaking of lies and the misuse of words like recession, um, how about Inflation Reduction Act? I guess the, the numbers are out on that now, huh? I wish, Bill, I'm going to have to get that study so I can post it on everyone's page. Um, it doesn't. It's not, a, it's not what they say it is. Um, it is smoke and mirrors. And if you believe anything else, you're listening to that media like OPB talking about the Confederate flag on someone's outfit. Um, you guys, you have to be aware of this stuff and this is what you gotta stand against because it's just unacceptable and they're just trying to scare us. They're just trying to win. They're trying to knock everybody down and raising our taxes in the middle of an inflation period, which they think, oh, it's not a recession. Well, it is. And um, even YouTube's pulling stuff from people saying it is. <sighs> 
crazy world. So what do we do? Like we talked to uh, Faye at the beginning, good can trample evil. So let's talk about the good people. So tomorrow I'm going to have a story about that. A really cool guy in Eugene, um, his story, uh, he's 36 years old and had a heart attack and scared the hell out of him. And he's agreed to come on and talk about that, how it's changed his life. And tomorrow I have a blog, go to rickdancer.com. You guys should all be over there subscribing. It's free. Um, but we're putting content on there that we can't put on here um, that you can see. And I'm going to have a blog tomorrow talking about um, kind of what God's doing with me in terms of prayer and truth and standing up, but also promoting good over evil. So that'll be tomorrow on my Facebook, on my website. Just go to my website, at bag Facebook. All right. Have a good evening. Thank you for watching. Share this on your page so other people can see it. And I will be back tomorrow night at five o'clock your time in Oregon with more.